Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Comet ML Office Hours, powered by the artist of data science. It is Sunday, June 13th. I'm super excited to have all of you guys here. Uh, welcome to the Office Hours. Hopefully, everybody has been having an awesome weekend. I'm super, super excited to uh, get the show on the road. Shout out to uh, to everybody sitting in the audience, man. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, uh, Marion, man, how's it going? Uh, great. Uh, thank you. My first time joining the meeting. Uh, oh, nice. I connect. I connected to you, I think, three weeks ago, but I was busy with a graduating from a data data science bootcamp, so couldn't join the first couple of meetings. Oh, uh, but I'm excited. I, I would like to learn more and to get some helpful advice on how to get a job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm happy to uh, happy to to answer any questions you got. So format's pretty pretty straightforward kind of format. Just you know, question and answer session. Whatever question I can help you with, I'll be I'll be glad to help you with that. Uh, but I think this this interesting point. I'd love to to kind of open up the discussion here and kind of get things going. So Marion, tell me a little bit about uh, tell me a little bit about your background, right? Like uh, like you know, you, you mentioned you just graduated from a boot camp. So what's what's been your career trajectory up to this point, and and what got you interested in data science and machine learning? Uh, it's a long story. I am originally from Bulgaria, came to the States to, to do a PhD in physics long time ago. C- had a long career in different fields, wireless communications, but at some point decided that there is nothing new for me to learn in that field. And for, for me to be actually satisfied with my job, the component of learning new things and applying these new things and working on challenging problems is very important. And at some point I realized that, hey, dude, you're not learning anything new. You're not progressing kind of in uh, in working on something new, something interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I have been thinking actually about that since for a long time ago. 2015 was my first sort of, hey, maybe I should look into that, uh, change fields, change careers, uh, but got scared, couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. And a cu- couple of years ago, decided, hey, I cannot continue like that. It's just not sustain- sustainable. I initially tried to do something on my own, going through online courses, but the problem with that, that there is not structure. You pick one thing here, you pick another thing here. But uh, so last September, I decided I'll be joining a bootcamp, joined the Springboard Data Science Program. Uh, it was really good experience to tell the truth. I was not expecting the intensity of the problem and the depth. And actually, the problem is is sort of originally announced as six months program, but because the material is so much that I had to take the two month extension, I just finished it. I think two weeks ago. Yeah, and and now I'm on a active job and process. Yeah. Well, congratulations on finishing that boot camp that's a huge Thanks. accomplishment and then also for just taking that first step right i think that's a huge thing when you're like in a career and you're like shit man like there's nothing new for me to learn like is this all there is um let's try to learn something new i'm, I'm glad that i'm glad that you know you took took action on that feeling i kind of felt the same way earlier in my career when i was doing like just uh, some other work that was just you know not as exciting as data science um had that same kind of feeling and you know, went for it. So you mentioned a couple of things that I was really uh, interested in learning a little bit more about. One of them was this thing you're talking about, like, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of scared to, to pull the trigger, scared to go after it. Talk to me about that. Like, what was that? 
what was that fear kind of stemming from? Uh, it's mostly sort of financial security, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a family uh, and I am the lone breadwinner, so to speak, for the family. And at that time, I didn't think for financial security to take the step. Uh, the problem is that I have this particular mindset. When I'm working on something, let's say I work at the company and Basically, I have talked to a lot of people all the time. Hey, I'm thinking of switching careers. What should I do? And everybody advises, stay at the job, learn at your own pace, on your own time. And eventually you'll get there. The problem with that is that my mindset is if I work somewhere, I'm giving 100%. I cannot sort of, hey, give your 70% to your work and then the rest of the 50% you do your own stuff. And that doesn't work for me. I, I kind of feel guilty that I'm not giving 500%. And if I give my 100% at my current for my current employer, then going back home after work, I'm completely exhausted. My brain is shut and I cannot do anything else. Yeah. So at the time that was, that was the reason I... We didn't have enough buffer to sustain extended period for me basically quitting my job and focusing completely on learning the new skills. Um, two years ago, we kind of got to the point that I decided, hey, talk to my wife. Listen, I'm thinking I'm not happy with my work anymore. I, I just every every morning I wake up and I'm why I'm going to work. Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense why I'm going, going there. And after some discussions we decided okay um if this is how we feel let, let's do it and yeah that that was the reason yeah i do that I, I i think if i had done it 2015 it would have been much easier for me to transition into that sense in machine learning now it's kind of it went up and then it's plateauing maybe it will go up again but it's more difficult now than five years ago let's say yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I was in the same position myself a few years ago. You know, I was working as a biostatistician. I was very unhappy in that job. I didn't feel like I was learning much. And very similar to you, I just like, man, I just can't do this anymore. Like, why am I showing up to work doing this job that, you know, I'm not really interested in. I'm not really progressing anywhere. And, you know, it's going to be the same stuff over and over. Uh, and so there's hurdles for me to overcome. Like, you know, you said you had a PhD in physics. I had a, you know, master's in math and, and statistics. So the fundamental baseline skills of thinking and math, they're all there, but then there's certain other challenges you need to overcome, like learning technology and, and things yeah. like that. So thinking about your transition as you were, you know, working in communications, PhD physics, having like the the baseline technical skills beyond the baseline. Absolutely. Like what were some of your challenges as you were, you know, making this transition? So, so, so uh, I was looking at David sent a, uh, Oh yeah. yeah mess, no. mess, message. And yeah, I, no, was, I was thinking it. Could you repeat the, the, the question? Yeah. Yeah, I guess in this transition from, you know, your, your current job into, you know, data science now, like what do you think has been your biggest uh, pain point or your biggest source of frustration? Uh, there are actually a couple. One is that it's overwhelming and I, I mean, not all, it's sort of overwhelming. Uh, basically, my point is that data science and machine learning, I mean, this uh, amalgam of a lot of things, the set math, statistics, coding, uh, business acumen, if you want to. I mean, you have to have some domain knowledge. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, if you try to apply for a position in, let's say, the health industry, even though the problems are the same, I mean, you have 
some sort of either images or tabulated data and you apply certain algorithms, uh, you know that you can do the job and you can solve it. But hey, they're asking for five years experience in whatever medical field or not. So it's a because there are so many things, initially I felt like lost. What should I be doing? Obviously, my first approach was, hey, start with E. If you don't know a good software language, in my career, I have been using MATLAB for 15 plus years, but obviously this is not the language. So I started with some basic processes, Python for data science, for example, Python for machine learning. I took the maybe three or four Udemy courses on that. Uh, so the and and then after that, well, you have image processing, you have uh, predictive analytics, you have uh, NLP. I, I mean, obviously, you cannot become an expert in all of those. Which one yeah. do you pick? So I had to talk to a lot of people and basically because sort of a lot of the math stuff and physics stuff that I have been doing before in my career, setting up experiments to measure, to collect analog signal and then basically it's numbers. So to do some sort of statistical analysis on my data, it looked like predictive. I mean, working on numbers was the closest to me and doing statistical analysis on these numbers. Mm -hmm. So the, I mean, how I felt is that predictive analytics is sort of my, my strongest area. Yeah. So, to yeah. speak. so I, I focused more on that, but then as I progressed one year after so on, um, and looking even one year, I was quite naive. I, I was thinking, hey, now you have gone through what, eight or 10 online courses, you have done some your own projects with some real data and so on. Uh, maybe it's time to start to, to look for a job. But then I looked up and uh, predictive analytics, at least. At that time, my impression was that most of the jobs are related to image processing and NLP, NLP particularly because social media is blowing out every, everybody out of the water. So NLP is a fundamental part of working in, in this field. Uh, but I talk to people and they say, hey, listen, to be to, to get a job in NLP, so, sorry, for bit, uh, I'll try to be short. Um, to get a job in NLP, nobody will take you with online courses only. Uh, you need at least a couple of years of experience or more. So, yeah, projects and uh, stuff at least, right? Or do you do? So you have to, to go and do something. And I still haven't done enough in NLP, not even close to. Uh, have done some image processing, but I still believe my predictive analytics is the best part of what I know about that sense and how to, to apply different things. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm frustrated the most with, uh, as I said, finishing the the bootcamp. I started actually reaching out to people and basically spelling out, hey, listen, I, I think I have the skills. I'd like to learn more about your company. What are the problems that you're working on? Basically talking to data science managers, heads of data science in different companies. And... They accept my invitation to connect, but when I, I'm basically asking them for follow-up to talk to them, to learn more about their company and the problems they're working on, I'm completely ghosted. I mean, I, and I don't understand the, the motivation behind that or the reasoning. Why would somebody accept my invitation when I'm directly asking, hey, I would like to learn more about what you're working on, what kind of problems do you have and what kind of techniques are you using? They accept. I mean, I have had like 20 people accepting and then I follow, follow up with that and say, hey, I'm 
really thankful that you connected with me. Uh, really excited to learn more about what you guys are working on, what kind of techniques are you using, whatever yeah. you can share with me. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, man. Networking yeah. can only get you so far, right? Networking is it's fine, but it's you can't hang your hats on trying to land a job just strictly through networking. At the end of the day, it's all about doing projects, like actual projects as, as real world as possible. Create your own projects and kind of, you know, make something that stands out from the competition and then show it off to people and, and get that that buy-in. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Let's go yeah. ahead and let's let's start to open it up and, and see yeah. if anybody else has questions. Uh, so around the, the the topic we're we're running on right now is just frustrations in the job search, frustrations, <laughs> yeah, frustrations <laughs> in the transition. So if anybody wants to share on that, let me know. Uh, but or you know, if you got a question on something else. By all means, take the floor. Just let's put, uh, put it a positive spin on it. It's not frustration. It's more like obstacles and ways to navigate yeah. the, the, the particulars of how, what are the best approaches to, to basically reach out to people and yeah. get, get the best. Well, not to, not to promote myself here, but I mean, I guess I will. Like we, this is something that we <laughs> we cover in, in this course that uh, that I'm affiliated with called the Data Science Dream Job. Uh, it's pretty much what we do. So we go through module by module, like how to navigate the data science job search process, everything from how to clarify, craft your story, how to create a good resume, good LinkedIn, you know, standout GitHub, uh, tips on how to actually get interviews without having to have a network um, and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's uh, it, we just guide everybody through the, the data science job search process, comprehensive program as well. And then we also do these uh, really cool technical skill workshops. As you can see here, just talking about all the different topics um, that we come across in our day-to-day -day. So we got like four mentors right now and the four mentors were all practicing data scientists, all work in data science. Uh, and so we'll just talk about stuff that we run into at work or interesting stuff that we come across, um, you know, in our research. It, it's Real fun. Really enjoy doing that. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's see if anybody else has any comments. I'm, I'm real happy to um, to open the floor up. Asha, how's it going? Uh, Adam, David, Shivani, you guys. Uh, you know, it, it, it's great to have you guys here. But you know, it would be awesome if I could see you guys. Like right now, just talking to to uh, to a bunch of blank boxes. It it makes me feel. Um, I can see Asha. I can see Asha. I can see Martin. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Adam, David, Shivani, if you guys want to uh, join us on the camera, please do. Um, hey, guys, so help us out here. Uh, David, man, how's it going? Help us out here with some questions, man. I'm happy to uh, happy to to take questions from, from anybody. David, man, how's it going? <laughs> Keep recuperating, man. I uh, got hurt at work, so I broke, uh, my, patella. Right. I, I broke my patella. So uh, I just want to say that Marin is definitely a, a inspiration. You're taking that journey. I'm somewhat in the same situation that you are um, right now. Heartbreak. I've just been going through the modules and just crushing it, just yeah, crushing good. it. You know, I mean, since I'm off, it's like all this time um, I was working 12 and a half, 13 hour days. So now I'm just crushing through the modules and yeah. have these products built out. So yeah, I'm man. You've had a crazy last few months, man. Dave, so David's uh, also, he's part of the science dream job as well, but yeah, he, he had COVID was down with the, quite some time with COVID and then you yeah. broke your, broke your, uh, patella, which is I think in the, in the foot, right? No, my knee. Yeah. Your knee. Like yeah. Fracture. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's, I mean, ain't no time like that to, uh, to level up. Right. So that's, oh, that's yeah. how it, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, um, I'm, well, I'm glad you guys are here. But yeah, let's let's. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to take some questions from people, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to chat about anything. Yes, Asha, my friend, go for it. Please stop me if my internet gets choppy again. I saw the recording and I look like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, so my question is less about data science more about momentum okay when you're sometimes you get very busy with different things and you had a set path towards something you were working on how do you maintain momentum like on your day to day how do you not how do you maintain your focus and not just get off track because yeah. you look like very one very focused person you always have books you're talking about you're always yeah. posting you have social media you're handling yeah so the thing is like i just do one thing and one thing like only right so uh for example like i mean you talk about the social media posting stuff like that like i'll, I'll schedule that stuff out like uh you know i'll spend maybe two or three hours on on a Saturday or a Sunday and uh, just schedule it out or, you know, I'll just say yeah, at this time, at, at this particular day, I'll post it. But um, I mean, to, to answer your question, a couple, couple questions in there. One of them is, is staying focused. Um, and the staying focused part is, is a, a big, big like trouble for me. And, and correct me if I'm like misinterpreting the question, but, but like staying focused in the sense of just, you know, here you are, you're working on something and, and you get distracted and, you know, you're, you get off course. Is that what you're, what you're talking about there, Asha, when you're talking about staying focused? Yes. Um, so let's, okay, let me give my example. Personally. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. Uh, I've changed the environment and a lot of the time you get derailed. Sometimes like you're walking towards learning, you know exactly what you're supposed to, then you get derailed. Something comes up, another thing comes up. How do you just maintain the momentum without slowing down the same energy? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going so I'm gonna answer with account like another example from like my, my day-to-day life, right? Like let's say I'm sitting here and I'm I'm working on something, right? Maybe I'm reading a book and then maybe I notice like, you know, I hear my Slack notification go off, or maybe I hear like a LinkedIn ting or, or something. Something distracts me while I'm while I'm in the zone working on that thing. Um, or I don't even need to have like an external prompt. It could just be my mind that distracts me, right? Having me think about something like, oh wait, what about this thing? I should go look at that, or what about this thing? I should look at that, right? So for so this thing I kind of uh, it's this this internal feeling of agitation for me when that happens. I have no other way to describe it, but just like a, a agitation. And so I personified this thing. I call it I call it the badger, right? I call this thing the the badger, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, here comes the badger again, right? And so when I feel that that agitation happen, I say, okay, oh, the badger is here. All right, cool. All right, then sit sit back and just do five breaths, like. Right, five five breaths and say, all right, well, thanks for visiting Badger. We'll see you later, right? Or, or you know, let's let's uh, get back to focus. And so that's kind of like you know, you, you tell yourself in advance that when I feel this this feeling of agitation, these are the steps that I'm going to take, right? So if I'm working, if I'm reading a book and something unrelated to what I'm reading pops into my mind, I will address the Badger. I will do my deep breaths and then I'll get right back to work, right? Or just, you know, just write it down on a piece of paper if it, if it just keeps popping up. Like, okay, I'll dr- look at that thing later. So that's how I kind of stay focused when I'm doing something. Now, in terms of momentum of just keeping, keeping going, like, I mean, it's going to sound counterintuitive when I say this, or it might just sound weird to you. So again, just, you know, kind of just take it, put your own kind of spin to it. But like, I don't really care about the result or the product or the end outcome, right? Ultimately, that thing is, it's far away in the distance, right? That end outcome, the end result, it, it's far away on the horizon. But all I have right now is what is in front of me, 
right? And the thing that needs to get done in front of me. And as long as I keep doing those things in front of me that are on this path, on this trajectory to where I'm trying to go, then I will get there, right? The doing of the things in front of me to get there are the necessary steps to get there. So might as well just focus my energy on what is at hand, what is in front of me, and then continue to do that, right? And you know, momentum can be just like, you know, maybe, maybe you just, you know, two days in a row, you're trying to do this thing and you just can't, can't get yourself to do it. Right. Well, that's fine too. Like I wouldn't beat myself up over it. I'm like, you know what? That's just, that's just what it is. It's just a part of, you know, being human, right? It's a long game. At the end of the day, I know it's a long game. It's going to be a long lifetime of reading, of learning, of creating, of doing like, I just don't even care about getting it all done because I only got one life. Like, that's that's all I have. So I might as well do the things that are most interesting to me uh, at hand. I don't know if that's related. I'm going to pause now and just open it right back up to you, Asha, to, to get, keep this conversation going here. Yes, yes, it helps. But a lot of the struggle I'm having is where to draw the line on your social life, per se. How to say no to everything without becoming... Like I, like I told you, sometimes I'm very introverted. I have to actively force myself to have a social life. So how do you maintain this line and not have a dead social life because if it because with data science you can just read and read and read and read and read and read every single day and not have any time for anything yeah so uh i don't have much for social life but i mean i'm, I'm lying I, I i hang out every now and then with with friends um but I, I just want to read you this this interesting quote from from bruce lee right in his book striking thoughts uh this you know bruce lee is also a awesome philosopher and he, and he talks about he talks about time and in particular, he talks about uh, spending time versus wasting time, all right? Time spent versus time wasted. So to spend time, to spend time is to pass it in a specified manner. To waste time is to expend it in thought, to expend it thoughtlessly or carelessly. We all have time to either spend or waste and it is our decision what to do with it. But once passed, it is gone forever, right? So when you talk about a social life, just make it that you're spending time. You know, like I, I'm carving out time in my schedule to do this particular thing. Like yesterday, I hung out with a friend of mine. We had a couple of beers on the patio. Cool. I had already carved out that time, right? I had already told myself that, yeah, from 6 p.m. to about 9 p.m., I'm, I'm hanging out, having a couple of beers with my friend. That's it. Um, I'm spending my time this way. To waste the time would be just to, you know, anytime somebody pings me, like, hey, we're shooting hoops and drinking beers i'm like it's 11 o'clock in the morning like what why are you shooting hoops and drinking beers like i don't want any part of that uh you do your thing man um but if you reactively just take up every opportunity as as it comes then are you really spending time or are you wasting it right let me know if that was helpful at all yeah it that, was that, it was perfect i think yeah. i look for that book yeah and and uh so I'll read a couple of the passages. Like Bruce Lee was quite the philosopher, man. Like he's, he's freaking awesome. So he says the value of time. Time means a lot to me because you see, I too am also a learner and am often lost in the joy of forever developing and simplifying. If you love life, don't waste time for time is what life is made up of. I was like, damn, that is that's amazing. Um, so yeah, Bruce Lee's striking thoughts. I don't know if you like know Bruce Lee as like the martial artist, the actor, or things like that. Um, that's how I've initially known him, and you know later in life I've come to know him as this uh, this philosopher. Um, yeah. Interesting. Thanks for sharing, Kirpreet. Yeah. Uh, I know him as a martial artist. I have done some martial arts in my day, but never knew that he's a philosopher also. 
Yeah, yeah, he's got two books out. Uh, well, one of one is just his writings. There's just essentially a book of aphorisms. Like each, you know, there'll be aphorisms organized by a particular theme. Um, and it's really, really interesting stuff. His his philosophy spans a lot. He'll he'll incorporate ancient Western philosophy with you know, Eastern philosophy uh, like Buddhism, Zen, Taoism, things like that. And he'll also talk about like pre-Socratic philosophies and things like that. It's really, really. Uh, interesting how he blends these philosophies together um but asha tell me like why do you feel like you don't have social life like are people just hitting you up all the time or now that i agreed i accepted that a long time ago i actually enjoy being with myself yeah a lot a skill, more than man. i do that's a skill not a people not a lot of people have i think i have a talent of not getting bored but <laughs> it's just the balance like i was playing back i was watching the other video then i realized what i said about all the books I keep picking up, I keep picking up. I mean, let me ask you a question, you yourself. Is there a time you're not reading? You always have a book. You're always talking about, I have this book. I have a book I'm reading. Is there a time you're not reading? No, no. I'm always reading something. Um, but then again, I'm not attached to the reading itself. I'm not attached. Like, I don't read the book and say, I must learn something from this book by reading it. So I don't attach myself to to the outcome of reading the book. I'm simply reading the book for the enjoyment I get while reading it. And because it, you know, the ideas come in, they mix and they mingle with the other ideas, right? And I start connecting dots between things, right? Like, like I was reading something from Bruce Lee, for example, and I connected that with something that Alan Watts that I, that I heard Alan Watts talk about, uh, and I was like, oh man, that's really interesting. That you know, these guys talking about the same thing. It just clarified stuff for me, made me have a deeper understanding of stuff. But like, I mean, like you look at my desk on any given day. I wish I could show you uh, my desk, but like, you know, so I'm interviewing like the author of this book, Real World AI. So. Uh, I've got to read this book. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I've got a business, right? Data science dream job is, is my thing. So, uh, you know, building a story brand. So I got to figure out how to brand myself, how to make sure I'm, I'm branding. I got to make sure that I'm giving good advice to my mentees. So, you know, the Google resume, that's another one that's on my desk. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking clearly about things. So yeah, I got this right here, right? Uh, how to solve it. Um, but like, it's not, I, I, I'm not attached to finishing any one book. Uh, I'll just read it, uh, w- whatever it is that, that I feel like reading. It's just more about reading. Like, I just love to actually read, N- not attached to the, to the end result of reading, if that makes sense. It's, I know it's, it sounds strange, but this uh, unattached action thing has, has been very helpful for me. Um, and, and a good philosophy for me, at least. It's helped me uh, maintain some equanimity, I guess. What about you guys, Martin or David? Uh I have something what Ashley is sharing, but in a different way. There was a period, I'm not talking about reading, but the frustration that, hey, I have so many things to do, to learn, and I'm working on something now. And then there is this thing that I need to, for example, go and do something else. And, or I, I don't feel fresh enough that I'm learning something new, but I want to force myself to learn because my goal is to basically get the best myself in a certain area and eventually go and do whatever I'm going to do in data science or machine learning. And I, I can say that everything else is sort of waste of time. Uh, uh, it's not waste of time, but it's kind of, uh, I'm not working on my goal. I'm, and it frustrated me a lot. And at some point I realized that actually I cannot be working all the time on my goal. I have to take a break. I'm actually a avid video game player mm-hmm. and I like video games. And I realized that actually that's my brain saying, you want to play a video game because you're overwhelmed or you're saturated, your brain cannot take any more 
whatever you are learning. So go just shoot bad, some bad guys. You, you're playing something on make-believe and that, that's how uh, that it helped me actually because I realized that it's necessary for me to be able to continue progressing and learning new things. I have to take breaks and I shouldn't consider the break as nuisance or something like, hey, uh, in quotes, I'm wasting time because I'm not working on what I believe the most important thing for me. Uh, that helped me a lot. I, I think I was through this phase maybe a year ago when I was really eager to learn a lot of things and there are a lot of things to learn and you become sort of fixated on learning things. But that's that's not how it works. I'm old enough to know that you cannot it's not a sprint, it's a sort of a marathon and yeah. you want to you want to take the breaks to, to finish to, to get to the finish line. Yeah. And I mean on reflecting that those are all excellent points, like hundred percent agree with what uh, Marin is saying there uh, and I'll also just say like I, I re- in hindsight now over the last few minutes I realized that what I'm telling you is coming from kind of a privileged position right like a philosopher king type of position like I've already gotten there in my career I'm already the head of a data science department I'm already you know I'm I'm, I'm where I wanted to be career-wise there's still room to grow but but I am where I want to be uh, it, you know if I reflect back on when I was in the grind, when I was learning, right? So just putting myself back now in, in your shoes as somebody who is, okay, like I'm trying to get into this field. I'm trying to, you're trying to get to where I am, right? Uh, so to to get there, like the things that helped me the most when I was going through that was just being, just being, you know, ruthless with my time, right? Meaning uh, just, just keep in mind that a, a busy calendar and a busy mind is going to destroy your ability to do anything great. Right. Um, so I just like, set set so much time to work on stuff. Like I was rigorous every morning, like these four hours, you know, 4am, 8am, this is me working on my thing, right? This week I'm going to work on random forest. And I'm going to work on just making sure I understand this, Right. Making sure I know how to implement it, making sure I understand how to do, uh, you know, how to tune it. How does how does each individual hyperparameter affect, you know, something. Right. And I just focus on that one thing. And that would be the only thing I'd focus on. Right. And that day's mission would be only two or three things for that day. Right. Maybe it could be all right for random forest. I want to figure out, you know, what what is the genie index? What is entropy? How does a uh, node decide to split? Right. That that's what I'm going to focus on for the day. This is the thing that I'm going to focus my energy on. And if I get through that today, good. Then the next day, you know, here it is. These are things I'm going to focus on. Good. Uh, and, you know, one thing you need to do is, is plan for yourself and, and keep yourself on track uh, by having, you know, you know, set like I haven't filled out my calendar for the week yet. That's later today. Um, but just this is like, you know, my week, Monday, Tuesday, I'll, I'll write in the, the two or three most important things that need to happen at that time to move me closer to where I want to go to, right? Because you could spend so much time, right? Like, oh, I got to know neural nets. I got to know logistic regression, random forest, extra trees. And there's these gradient boosting things I got to know about. Then there's KNN and all this other stuff. That's cool. But just focus on the one thing and block out whatever, you know, two weeks probably that you'll need for each algorithm to really understand it. And just say, first things first, you know, Monday, I'm going to focus on these two things, three things, right? Uh, any more than two or three things on your on your calendar, it's going to become overwhelming. It's going to become, uh, you'll get to the end of the week with so many check boxes left unchecked that you're just going to beat yourself up over it and it's not going to be useful, right? And instead of 
looking at the progress you have made, you look at everything that you didn't get done, uh, which is not a useful situation, which will help you uh, help you decrease motivation and momentum if you're just looking at, oh my God, there's so much that I left undone. Um, so then, you know, focus on what it is that you have completed and just whatever the most important thing it is for you to do at that time. And, and that's it. One thing at a time. Hopefully that's helpful. Want, I don't want to hold the time, but what you're saying is that there is another pitfall when I started the data science bootcamp and I go through the curriculum and basically one of the biggest gripe I had with that problem is that they severely underestimate the time it takes to go through a certain unit. And so you have in the unit six different things or whatever it is, uh, and you know in your head in order to finish this problem you need to spend this many hours as they indicate you have to spend four or six hours and the problem with that with that approach is that you basically rush through everything and there is nothing in left in your head after you finish i mean i noticed that couple of weeks later, if I try to go back to the unit that I just went through, well, there is some general understanding and okay, I, I have some understanding about it, but what was exactly how to do it and how to implement it, it is not possible. So I decided to do something like what Kaprit was saying, just focus on a couple of things and forget how much time they say it takes to, to finish it. Uh, take the time you need to finish it. And that, that helped me. And actually, I shared my experience with a lot of people and they had the same experience in the program and with the guys who run the program that uh, dead estimates of the time it takes to complete the units. It, either you have to be already expert in the field and then why take the, the bootcamp at all if you're an expert on that level to be able to, to go through the unit for the six or eight hours days specified, you really have to be very advanced. And if you're on inter- uh, beginner's level or medium level, uh, it's not possible. That's why I had to take the, the two months extension. But it helped me because I was beating myself, hey, I'm not going to, my pace is not enough to graduate and I'm, what I'm going to do and uh, it's not working. So as Hrspit said, focus on a couple of things and really make sure that you, whatever you're learning, you'll know it two weeks later, you'll know what, what that was about. Yeah, yeah. Great, great insight there, Marin. Uh, Asha, go for it. Mine is not a question per se. I just wanted to add on what you just said, Marin. Um, I I call it, um, with those data camps, I think I call it Steve Jobs syndrome, where the person who's, <laughs> that's the name I gave it, I dubbed the Steve Jobs syndrome. Go ahead. The reason I called it that is because I've come to realize a person who's teaching you and they know something so much, they, they, they know all the points just at the fingertips of their hands. They expect you to know some things. So they're not very good at teaching. So they'll expect to rush you through it. But it's, the intentions are very good, but it's just... Like I said, some things are said with the internal. They expect you to have caught up, so they rush you through it. I, I never thought from that point of view, but again, if you're taking that boot, boot camp, obviously you're not on their level. So there, there should be some match between expectation and reality. Who, who is going to attend that boot camp? Somebody who needs to learn things. And if you're at their level, you're not going to attend the boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd like to go back to her please. Sorry, uh, you showed something. I, I mean, that goes back to networking enough. I, I, I mean, networking alone won't be sufficient to 
to get a job, for example. And you mentioned you have to create uh, a great project portfolio and something else. Uh, th there are a couple of things. One of them is you showed something on, on the screen for your website. Could you send the, the link, please, on the chat so I can copy it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's called just Data Science Dream Job. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll put the link right there. And yeah, David's a, a student of that program uh, as well. And uh, hope, hopefully you've been enjoying that so far. Thanks. Uh, but the, the other question that I have is, uh, okay, let's say uh, I, I'm not going to hypothetically, let's say that I have a great uh, data science portfolio. I'm not saying that I have it, but I, I have something that is decent enough to, to basically try to to sell myself. The, that's the problem. I mean, how do I make people look at my data science portfolio? I mean, I have reached to people and, hey, this is what I have done. Would you be interested to talk and at all? No, no, no response yeah. at all. So first thing is make sure that on your resume that you have a, uh, a link to your GitHub where people... Everything is there. Okay. And I don't know if it's appropriate. Actually, when I reach to people, I don't reach out with, hey, this is my resume. I just want to connect to them and yeah. later on try to establish some sort of... If I'm yeah. applying online, that's fine. My resume is going. Yeah. But so let's do this. Let's let's walk you through like how I would do this, right? If I was in, in your yeah. situation right now and it's like, okay, I've got I've got I've got some good knowledge, I've done a couple of good projects and stuff like that. I just need to I need to start finding me a job, right? Um so you know, let's say we go to LinkedIn, right? And I'm just gonna pull up like a hypothetical example. Let's say in particular, you know, you mentioned NLP. Let's say I'm looking for a natural language processing type of a, a job, right? Um so we'll go here into LinkedIn. And it's like whenever I need LinkedIn to load quickly, it just takes its sweet time. Uh, but let's say here and we type in natural language processing, right? And we look for jobs, right? And let's just say, um, you know, we look at, at this job right here, senior data scientist in natural language processing, right? So what I would do here is... Uh, after this page loads, I'll show you what I would what I would do. I take a look at the at the job description and and just look there. Okay, well they're looking for somebody who's done X Y Z thing, right? Like they want somebody who's uh, mm -hmm. done whatever, right? Well then, you know, just apply for the job straight up. Just apply for the job, but then go to the company's LinkedIn page, right? And then when you go to the company's LinkedIn page, uh, you want to look for people there, right? And in yep. particular, there's two kinds of people you want to look for. One of them is a technical recruiter, right? So we'll go here to Weld Simple. We just go to people and then, you know, you can search um, by title. So you could mm -hmm. type in, let's just say, uh, technical recruiter, right? I spelled technical wrong. Um, but uh, you know, you'll find somebody who's a recruiter, right? Um, you know, here's a technical recruiter, right? And then just send them a message like, hey, Maribel, just a heads up. I've applied for this job through you guys' online portal already. Um, but I just want to let you know that, you know, the skills you're, you're listing out on your job posting, I've actually got those exact skills. Check out this, you know, project I've done, which demonstrates my ability to get these type of problems done. Uh, thank you, whatever, right? Just like a, you know, generic you know, message to, to reach out and then also reach out to um, you want to reach out to data scientists as well at the company, but not necessarily uh, 
individual contributor level data scientists. You want to go for people who are a bit higher up, right? Um, and you know, start a conversation with them. Be like, hey, you guys look like you're doing some awesome stuff at Wealth Simple. I noticed you have a position posted that specializes in NLP. Let me take you a let me let me take a minute to sell you on my NLP skills. I've done a project that does A, B, C, and D, which is quite similar to what you guys are looking for in your job posting. Okay. Here's a link. Here's a link to my GitHub. Check it out. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in discussing more, uh, HR should already have my application in their database since I've applied online. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Thanks Simple as that. Um, yeah. Yep. That's how I would go about doing that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm doing part of it, but not exactly, not so focused. It's more like uh, trying to, and I have never actually reached out to the recruiter. I have tried yeah. to reach out to the manager of that group or the head of data science. Yeah, you have to mix in the recruiter in there for sure, but they have to be a technical recruiter, right? Make sure it says, I mean, some companies might not have the technical okay. recruiter title, yeah. Uh, but yeah. tech, yeah, those people are mostly in charge of hiring uh, uh, data science people. Um, we got Mark in the house. Mark, man, good to see you again, as as always, man. Hi, Mark. Uh, David has asked me, did I get Jim Quick to agree to come on a podcast yet? Not yet, man. I'm, I'm trying really hard for that. So I've done a bunch of different... Uh, so Jim Quick's book, Limitless, is, is amazing. I really enjoy the book. I've done a lot of his... Um, he does these online courses on like memory. Uh, he also does stuff on um, like, you know, how to read faster, how to think more clearly. They're really good online courses. Uh, so I just started making like graphics. I got a bunch of graphics made, like, you know, little, you know, social media type of posts. And I'm just going to tag him every day and like, hey, look at this thing I learned from Jim Quick's book. And then make that same comment in my comment section. If you want Jim Quick to come on the podcast, like this comment. Um, so as of right now, he has not yet agreed to come on the podcast, but he has liked and or rather loved reaction and had shared all of my, my stuff. Uh, so I'm just going to keep on just chipping away at him, right? I just keep on chipping away at him. Uh, we'll see what happens. I would love to get him on, but I've gotten other people who talk about learning how to learn on the podcast as well. So there's uh, definitely a couple of interesting uh, episodes out there. One of them is with Scott H. Young, who wrote the book Ultra Learning, which is a great book. Uh, I've got one coming up next month with uh, Dr. Barbara Oakley, and she wrote A Mind for Numbers. And she's also the creator of the uh, world's most popular online course, Learning How to Learn. So it's definitely a uh, good resources out there that that will be coming through the next. Uh, well, Scott Young's already on there, but Barbara Oakley will be out there soon. Mark, man, how's it going? How's your weekend been? It's been going good. Just just relaxing for the week starts. Nice, man. Nice, uh, Mark. So you're you're uh, talking about doing like talks on Friday, right? You want to break into that uh, that I guess they call it the the speaker circuit, right? Um, so we didn't get to get too too in depth in that. Um, but I've been thinking about that, man. Like that would be something really interesting to to do, you know, to build your brand, to you know, get a little bit of side income and things like that. Um, but I, I was wrestling with the idea. It's like, what what is it that I would talk about, right? Like, are you wrestling with that as well? Like, what what is it that I can uniquely say that has not been said by another data scientist before, right? And I think that's like the the hard part is really identifying that. Have you have you been kind of thinking about some topics that, that you think you'd be super uniquely uh, uh, like suited to, to speak on? Yeah, I think there's there's three topics that are kind of top of mind for me. The first one is like, there's this gap, like there's a whole bunch of material for how to get into data science. And there's a lot of material about how to be like executive leader at data science, but there's very little material, like how to grow from like 
your first entry level job to that senior role. Yeah. And I feel like I could fill in that gap. And that a lot of my content on LinkedIn is like, it's around that. Is it just nice. me sharing what I'm learning as I'm going to that? Um, another space is uh, startups. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm been heavily involved in startups. And so um, <clears throat> the data science process in startups is a little different because it's more of a feature building like product feature, not like data feature. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to really think of, like critically of like what's really necessary in that whole thought process. I use like design thinking for that a lot. Um, so those are like two kind of like main areas that I think I can probably tap into. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Uh, like in, in that startup environment, when we're talking about like feature building and, and things like that. So is it like, how does that process work? Is is it like, oh, like, you know, you as a data scientist, you're, you're looking at the database and like, oh, wait, you know what? We've got, we've got these really interesting data points, these interesting columns. Um, I bet we can create a feature that can add this particular type of value to our users. Like, is, it, is that how it goes? And then you just talk to like project, a product manager and be like, hey, here's this idea. Do you think we should run with it? Like, talk, talk to us about that. Yeah. Even even more high level. I actually, I actually have like a real life example from this weekend. Um, a couple of my friends, uh, I live in I live in the Bay Area. A couple of my friends, we grabbed dinner, fully vaccinated now, so I'm like really trying to live life again. Um, and they, uh, they both of them, they just trying to chat with me about like kind of like just some data knowledge because they they have their own startup. They raise pretty good money in their seed round. They have a first customer and they have data. And they're like, cool, we have this really cool data set. We want to do some machine learning. <laughs> and my first first response was actually like, you do not want to do machine learning um, because you're a startup and you don't even really have the infrastructure to maintain that. Like, how do you know this data feature or like this data product, something that your customers even want? And you only have one customer. So that is something that the market wants. And so something to be really mindful, like in this space is that like product market fit is like the main driver for a lot of your work at, at an early stage and growth startup. Mm-hmm. And for, for those listening who don't know what product market fit means is that you have a business idea that you think solves a problem in the market and the market wants to, to purchase that idea and really aligning those two until you get a unique product idea that solves a problem and has a business model around it. Mm-hmm. And so that process takes years for, for people to do um, and for startups to do. Um, and so if I were just to build a complex machine learning model from the get-go, that's a lot of time. And that's a lot of money to, to build and maintain. And so if I put all that effort into building something and it doesn't align with the product market fit, I just wasted a whole bunch of time and money, which are two things startups are very low on. Yeah. And so instead, I need to build simple solutions really fast to essentially figure out, oh, this is exactly what the customer wanted, or we need to tweak a little bit. And then you make it a little more complex. And then you make it a little bit more complex as you like get those business hypotheses kind of figured out along the way. And so, for example, um, at, at my current at my current role at, at Humu, we we built kind of like an NLP pipeline um, to understand our survey data. And so you may be thinking like NLP, BERT, and like all these kind of fancy things. I should not be doing that. I took off the shelf thing and put it into production just so we had the end to end product feature, and then. <laughs> If we find out that this is like a necessary feature where customers will leave us if we didn't have it, or it's like, this is what sales is pushing, then we can do more advanced models to get it even better. I like that a lot, man. And you know, it's interesting, like, like talking on this topic, like that's super relevant. Not a lot of people are doing it. And if you start getting on that, that circuit and talking about these, these, you know, challenges that startups face when trying to incorporate any type of machine learning into their, their 
uh, product, dude, like you can open up like opportunities for yourself to become like, you know, advisors to startups. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of are, I'm kind of already doing that. And that's why I think it's like a, it's a big need because again, I'm, I've been really involved in startups and entrepreneurship, trying myself or to helping other friends. And so we all talk to each other with their yeah. own domain skills. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting point about product market fit. Now, if you're a data scientist trying to break into the field or, you know, do what you're doing, it's about data scientist project fit, right? You have to find the right project for you to, to, to work on. So like... How did you get this kind of like this experience? Cause, cause you, you went to grad school, got out of grad school. Like you probably weren't doing this type of stuff in grad school. how did you start developing that experience? How'd you, what were you doing? Like, I mean, you, were you building products in grad school or, or? Yeah. So essentially, so for context, I went to Stanford, which is very big entrepreneurship central okay. in Silicon right. Valley. And so like, and these are some lessons learned, but essentially I was at Stanford and I'm like, some of my friends have startups. One of my friend is actually like selling his startup while he's in our grad program, right? Wow. And so I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. Plot twist, I cannot do it. Fun fact, <laughs> that friend graduated college at 12 and had like 10 years of work experience. So like, <laughs> I was on a different playing field, but I tried building my own startup. We applied to like accelerators um, and different programs and I learned a lot, failed miserably. And then I did an entrepreneurship program at the Stanford GSB graduate school oh, of business nice. and entrepreneurship and innovation. It's been like two months just learning the process of how to go from idea to uh, your first customer. Yeah. Um, and so I just got really trained on that process. And then I've tried building another startup again, built the MVP, was trying to get customers and it just didn't work out. And so like I learned from doing, <laughs> yeah. and then also the past three jobs, like full-time jobs have been in startups. Yeah. Uh, uh, is there like a, the, there's a course I remember on Coursera that was all about uh, like startup engineering or something like that. It was taught by Balaji, uh, Balaji Street of Austin or something like that. And I think he was a professor at Stanford as well. Um, but do you have any other type of resources like that for people to kind of understand this the business side of stuff? Yeah. So um, one of the one of the, like the top courses at Stanford for entrepreneurship is Lean Launchpad. I applied and we got to interview. So for context, for like special classes at Stanford, you have to apply to get in. Really? And so I actually had an idea. I had to pitch business folks saying like, please join my team. I had to go to engineering folks. Please join my team. And that was my first time pitching a startup idea. And then um, you essentially apply and interview to get into this class. And give wow. you an idea, like um, the class is intense. And I think like 50% of the, the, the students who go through that actually end up making startups out of this class. Um, but the whole class is online for free, online, um, called Lean Launchpad. So look up Steve Blank, Lean Launchpad. Really excellent source um, on how, how to do that. Um, Ignite at the Stanford GSB, that's a program I did. Um, you can apply to that, but also they have free online sort resources for that, as well as a paid course that's like relatively inexpensive compared to the program. Um, and then what's another resource to learn this? Um, Mark, I think, what? sorry, the time out, please. If it's not big ass, to send some links on the chat. Yeah, I'm pu pulling it up right now, actually. Yeah, Lean Launchpad, Launchpad I'm, uh, I pull that up right now to drop in the chat. Thank you. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no worries. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to go send some links as well. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is um, just try to solve a problem. Like, I think that's where I did most of my learning. <laughs> like you're basically going to fail a lot and you have to get your failures out of failures out of the way. And so um, just like 
what's idea I can I can create or a product I can create with my data skills and how can that serve a need in the market and at, at what scale too that's another thing to consider um and so like something looked up like a TAM analysis total addressable market um and so like for venture capital, like this is a, a rough ball, like your total addressable market should be over a billion dollars. And that will quickly help you assess like your scale of your idea. And so we'll come up with great ideas. We know we can build it, but the TAM might be like $200 million. And so they're like, uh, we can't pursue this because then we can't get venture capital. And then it's not what we're trying to pursue. So there's a lot of different things you can learn. Uh, for this nice man i can go on i can go on for a while so. <laughs> well man we're, we're gonna have to have like a, a session about this one and talk about it record it share it man that's uh that's that's awesome stuff man uh what's please up do. to you please do please make this make the session i'm hooked yeah man this is that uh, it's interesting stuff i like it a lot shout out to chris chris is in the building uh yeah um so, I mean, Mark, I'd like to get your perspective on, on this, unless you've, you've got a question or anything, but I uh, want to get your perspective on this question that, that Asha had asked at the top of the hour. Um, I'd love to hear like a, a variety of, of, uh, of perspectives on this, but she was wondering, how do you keep that momentum going when you're working on something? Um, well, Asha, I'll, I'll just have you restate the question in, in, in your own terms. I don't want to butcher it. No, you were doing a great job at it. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so when you're learning something and you have distractions and you have things that are going on, how do you maintain that momentum to get where you are? How do you not slack off? How do you get the motivation? That word was already made it a while. <laughs> motivation to keep the momentum going. Um, I, I, it's, that's a really interesting question. So part of my master's in community health and prevention research and part of community health is like behavior change. And while I'm not a behavior change expert, so I'm not, I know some theories, but I'm not a behavior change expert. Um, but one of the key things that really came out from, from learning about this is that you cannot will yourself into, into behavior change. You can't just be like, I want to do this. And if I just have the, the will and perseverance, I can push myself to do this. Um, that typically lasts for maybe a few weeks or, or a few months, but it's not maintainable. And so you really got to think like, what are strategies I can do to make this behavior change possible? Um, and so there's different models of behavior change and theories that you can try. Um, I forgot them, so I'm not going to state them, but like simple things of like, um, I'm trying to think like proximity, like I want to, oh, tiny habits. There we tiny go. Habits, yeah. Um, but like, say for instance, like I want to drink more water. Right. And so like something that you can do is like putting a glass of water next to your bedstand. So when you first thing you wake up, you drink water. Right. There's things like that. So let's apply that to like data science is, you know, uh, you know, I want to learn Python. Right. You know, something simple you can do is like plan out your day in the <laughs> early in the day and make sure to block out time and say to yourself, I'm gonna learn Python at 6 PM after work. Um, just by you staying that and playing that, it makes that behavior easier to do. Or maybe you put a reminder um, at six o'clock for that. So there's different things you can do. So I guess the, the question is not necessarily like, how can I maintain like this drive to learn? More so, what things can I do in my environment and kind of my, my day to make sure it's prioritized? Um, does that answer your question? And that's how I approach it. So my, for me, when I was learning Python, I told myself, I'm going to give 10 hours a week, no matter what, to learning Python or learning data skills. And I just prioritize that and, and I tracked it. I'm like, oh, I did two hours um, and I skipped yesterday. So let me do four hours on the weekend. And that's how I did it. I love that. Having that prompt right in place. So like, you know, you make sure that 
next time you log off your computer, the first thing you have up is either your IDE or your Jupyter notebook or whatever it is. So that when you turn your computer on at, at 6 p.m. after work, it, that's it. You see it. It's, it's up on your, your screen and you just go for it. Uh, thanks very much for that, Mark. Uh, we've got we'll do another question or comment from anyone uh, before we start to wind it down. Um, any, any anything from anyone, uh, David or or Chris? Just quick, yeah, uh, raise, raise my hand. Uh, yeah, please. As, as I said, this is my first meeting, and I appreciate meeting all of you guys. Uh, is there any? Well, I'll ask it. Is it okay to send invites to connect on LinkedIn? I don't know if you have any processes, procedures, and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I have follow names, some are kind of common, but that's fine. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll put a link to me right here in the uh, uh, in the chat. We're already connected. Oh, we are. All right, good. <laughs> All right, but yeah. Uh, you, you probably see uh, you'll see Mark tagged in a recent post. I think Asha might be tagged in a in a recent post. I think Asha okay. is put on us here. Thank you. Um, uh, I just wanted to make sure that you guys are not objecting. No, no, no. go for it, man. My my, my reaching out to you to connect. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's no other questions or comments. I, I, uh, I, I got one question for you. How are you? Good man, how you doing? Good to talk with you as always, sir. Well, uh, always. So, yeah. so, so here's a question. Um, let's say you 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 have um, you you know you're, you're obviously you're a data scientist, right? And now you're trying to get different data sets. Most often, let's let's say let, let's say you have three data sets that you 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 have to work on. Are most of these data sets coming from web scraping, or are they coming from um, you know? dot org organizations or like where's where where primarily are these is, is data coming from so that one of the reasons why i wanted to do it with with sql server databases specifically through aws because i thought that that would be a, something that i'm going to be doing down the line is like i'm going to need to go into a uh, aws website i mean uh um database to get information and that's why I spent so much time on it. But but yeah. I don't know. I haven't really done any data sets besides Kaggle. And obviously that that's that's more pristine and that probably won't happen if I'm a real data scientist. So like you know, overall, like where 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 are most data sets coming from? So the talking about like at, at work or for like personal projects? At work, at work, at work. Like I'm a professional. Let's yeah. let's say I work for Microsoft or something, right? Yeah. So yeah. like where where is this data coming from? Most of the and if you had to say out of three th th out of three times, like generally, yeah. where would it come from? Like if so, I'm yeah. if, if I'm going to drink on... soda, probably going to have a Coca Cola. Like like yeah. like, what's the most common common thing where data yeah. is going to come from? Yeah, it depends a lot on you know the problem you're solving. Most of the time, like it'll come from one of multiple sources. What I've seen is mostly in a database, so they're mostly in just SQL databases. Um, you know, if you're dealing with uh, tech companies, you might have NoSQL databases that they're coming out of, or you might have to pull data from like a CRM, HubSpot, or uh, you know some other platform like that, um, Zendesk or whatever it is. Um, so th those are you know where I've seen the most come from. And the database could be you know Google BigQuery database, or it could be SQL Server, or it could be even older. Like at, at my current company, we've <laughs> even have access databases. Uh, so mm -hmm. any number of sources. Uh, what about you, Mark? Where have you seen them come from? Um, <clears throat> sorry, I was I was trying to find resources to put into the to the chat. 
this is the question is where to find data sets no uh, yeah, in, like, in, in your work yeah. in your work when people are coming to you i'm like oh i gotta solve this problem like okay and you're like okay where do i go for the data well, well i guess what kind of data sources have you professionally oh, okay. in your day-to-day so kind of there's with? like this data discovery kind of piece then um yeah. and so i think then is the key oh mark i don't know what happened but your audio uh the company you're just trying to learn how to um break into a company uh mark i don't know what's going on with your audio there uh so Mark's audio. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You broke out for maybe five seconds, so we didn't get the whole thing. Yeah. Can you just repeat what you just said, if you don't mind, sir? Yeah, he's figuring out his audio. I think. Okay. Um, yeah, he's figuring figuring out his audio. Um, so uh, while Mark's getting that sorted out in a second, I, I will say that you know, professionally, me at work, I've seen it come from from mostly in, in databases or in uh, different applications like a CRM, uh, you mm-hmm. know, depending on what, what type of problem I'm solving. And the database could be, you know, standard SQL or no SQL database. Um, so professionally, yeah. that's that's where I've seen it come from. I'm actually going to be posting this uh, soon on LinkedIn. Uh, I made something yep. uh, that will, you know, hopefully be helpful. Uh, and it's okay. uh, just, just a, you know, so keep an eye on this on, on LinkedIn. I'll be posting this. It's just where to find mm. Yeah, so it's uh, where to find data for your data science projects, and so this will be posted. It. Yeah, sometime later this week. Um, so okay. you know, we'll have that coming up for you as well. Um, Mark, let's so, see if your uh, audio. Yeah, is he's back. back. I, so I'm gonna piggyback off what you just said, but Mark, please, Mark. Yeah, just <laughs> my my headphones right went out. So is this? I'm assuming you're already in a company and you're just trying to find yes, data. Yes. Perfect. Um, and so I think there's there's kind of two things to really consider is like. What's your company's data maturity life cycle? So are they on the early side, on the later side? If you're on the later side, they probably have like some form of data governance, data catalogs, a data warehouse where you know where to find things. Your job's Mm -hmm. significantly easier if that's the case. Most companies are not there. You're on the earlier side of the data science life cycle or maturity life cycle. And so Mm -hmm. like, do they have a data warehouse? (laughs) Do they have a data Mm -hmm. governance strategy? Um, Do they have data dictionaries? Do they have an entity mm. relationship diagram, right? Um, so being at a startup, we have a data warehouse. It's awesome. Um, but here's the thing. It's just, a, it's, just, it's just a dump of our product production database for a web app into a data warehouse. Mm. So it's not for analytics. Um, and so I have to right. go into our code base many times to figure out what the data means. Um, right, so right, that's right, the other right. components. There's data maturity lifecycle. And then are you the data generator or are you the data user? So for our product, I do a lot of product analytics. And so I know we generate that data. So I can go into our code base. I can see the engineer's logic of who generated that or go talk to them directly. I've been in other roles Mm -hmm. where we just buy the data or the data sent to us and we don't have insight Mm -hmm. as to how it's created. And then the job is much harder. So your goal then is, you know, being aware of what are those limitations and talking to your stakeholders as to mm-hmm. like what, what are the limitations like hey we want this field ah uh, that's that we we don't own that field so it's kind of unclear either we can use it and you have this caveat or this thing of something else right and so mm-hmm. when at my current role the way i go about finding data is first i will understand kind of what's the business question um that i'm being asked and what's the what values from that from there i create an analysis plan of like either as data polls or some type of analysis. I create an analysis plan. So I like scope out what exactly I need first. Mm-hmm. And then part of that analysis plan is the data identif- data identification. So like what tables in the data warehouse do I need to pull from? Um, what type of special queries maybe I need to do in logic? Um, and then I go talk to the business stakeholder and make sure that's correct. 
and also go right. to the data generators if, I, if there's new data I haven't used before to confirm this is the exact thing. So for example, um, I was doing this analysis where I need the latest ingestion. And so I was just pulling like max ingestion date, right? Filter for that. Well, when I talked mm-hmm. to the engineers who built it, they're like, actually, that's wrong. We have a special tag that says mm-hmm. when, when max one, right? And so I wouldn't have yeah. known that unless I talk to the, the people. And then from there, if I'll find out where are the gaps, do we have this data or not? Then I go talk to the team, like can we access this data and get into the data warehouse? If not, I go back to the stakeholders and say like, hey, this is gonna extend the timeline or it's just not possible right now. Um, is this okay, right? Can we change the question? One of two things will happen. They will either say like, this is really important, we need this. And that might yeah. give you the pull to push the engineers, but that's your data warehouse. Or they're like, oh, that sucks. All right, let's do something else. And so it's a very iterative process, kind of like all of data analysis. Got it. Absolutely love that, man. That's it. That's exactly true in in a lot of cases I've seen as well. And, you know, being on the side of of it where I have to build out, you know, a strategy for data governance and data warehousing, man, that it's a pain in the ass. I'm not, not a fan of it. And I know- uh, I'm currently there right now. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been going through the same struggle. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, but yeah. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate that, Mark. Uh, Chris, any follow up question on that? Go for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the follow up question would be um, when when you when you have identified the database that you're going to need to get data from. When you when you are are you normally have to uh, create the connection to get to that data in Jupyter Notebooks through if it's a cloud service through like Azure or AWS or something, or are you generally given do you or you already have access to the SQL server database or the MySQL database or the Oracle database where you, you your, your connection is already set up because that that was a blocker for me and I figured it out but yeah, um, um, I, I I just want to know like you know for instance at my job at Voya you know if, if I were a data scientist I just have I have access to get to the SQL server databases so I wouldn't have to do a connection you know connection at all It'll, I, I'd already have it because it's part of my my profile, but, um, I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So de- depends on the company. Uh, so my yeah. company, they're very, very strict with, with it. So we have to like go through a procedure to request access to a particular database. Then we get credentials, yep. to that database, uh, yep. once we have those credentials set up, then, then they're good to go. And, and the current company, right. those credentials, they last, um, for, 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 for your lifetime as an employee. These are yeah, people. yeah. Previously, yeah, I, me too. I, was, I was at a startup yeah. previously and we would have one login and password for the team that would change mm. every week. And I'm like, wow. what the fuck? Like, this is so stupid. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, Mark's laughing. I'm guessing it's probably similar at, at your startup. Uh, it's, it's not. We're, we're much more. <laughs> I've been at smaller startups where it's just kind of like, we'll do this to get by. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out later. Um, and also like to kind of build on, build on it. I think that goes back to the data maturity, um, is like, do you have like a DevOps team to like set up that infrastructure? If not, Mm -hmm. that's probably going to be on you. But for the most part, like, um, like if you have data analysts or data scientists, you Mm -hmm. probably have a data warehouse because if you, without a data warehouse, you really can't do much. I mean, you right. can, but like, it, it, it would be really inefficient and maybe you should avoid that company. Um, yeah. And so, and so with that data warehouse, like on the cloud, you might have like Athena um, or you may have BigQuery. Um, but I think the key thing though, is that um, I think every data professional should just know SQL because most yep. databases yep. will, well, you'll use SQL just to pull it out. Um, yep. 
if you're in the cloud, then like there's probably some ways where you can like write a CSV to a certain like folder or something like that, like S3 or Google Drive. Yeah. Um, if 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 you're not as strict, and I I haven't seen this for startups per se, because like most of them are on the cloud, but like yeah. you just download CSV directly to your local laptop, which yeah. seems scary because I come from healthcare, so that's a big no. But right, right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like there's there's other things. But at the end of the day, I think as a data scientist, especially now as the as the field growing, you need to know SQL and you need to know how to use the pull data out for your own analyses. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I do like I I I know SQL pretty pretty well, but if I have to if part of my role is actually trying to connect create the connection to get to the database, then then I which was causing me a lot of issues and I figured it out and then I just want to know what I what I need to expect. And and it sounds like yeah, uh, in my in your scenario is very much what like I I I experienced at at my current employer Voya. So you know when I when I first started with them last May, you know I had to there were so many like change requests so I can get access to you know all the different databases I was going to need to 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 be have access to to do my job. And obviously there's ones I don't have access to, and then I, I just won't have access to because I don't need to. So it's out of scope. But yeah. but but one one thing is I, I I never like once I had access I never had to worry about connection strings and all that stuff. You know <laughs> yeah. where where I was running into that with this with, with with my personal project, and and I'm glad I remembered how to do it. But I don't. I, I, I wouldn't like to do it. I wouldn't want to have to do it all the time. It's just a key thing. A key thing is you want to go to your manager and business stakeholder and describe yep. the the pain point you're having and how it's impacting delivering your results. Because yep. then it'll turn from oh, Chris can't access the data. That sucks. From Chris can't access the data and it's impacting this business bottom line. And therefore, right. like, like they're incentivized then to to essentially, um, you know, make that happen. Right. Right. Yeah. No. No. I get it. And uh, I'm, 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 I, I, I am not at the point where I need to do that in my current role. But I, I, if I ever have to do do what I did over the last couple months to do it, then I've done it on my own because I wanted to learn it. So yeah. I don't question, know. Question for you, Chris, uh, just to, to, to dig in a little bit deeper, just to make sure we're, we're getting to the root of the question. So uh, yep. there's, there's one issue is just around, you know, identity management, making sure that you've got, you know, credentials to, to interact with the database. But then yep. is, is there the other question in there is like, are you the one that actually has to like, write the python code to you know use the the right drivers and and the right packages to interact with that. yes yes yeah. so that, that yeah that, you still that, have to do that, that yourself yeah uh, i still have to do that myself <laughs> yeah so, you still right. have to do that yourself so, so yeah all right so i'm glad i did it because yeah. you know you know you, you had been part of the journey as well as chris and and a couple other people like like literally yeah. when i was trying to make you know when i was doing import you know pm pm sql or or p or import PWODC and creating a connection, yeah. a variable yeah. and all that stuff. You still got to do what, that. Yeah. It, yeah. All right. So, okay. So I'm glad I know how to do that because yeah. that was, uh, it, again, it was only happening with AWS and I, I had pretty much said, well, if I ever get a job where I'm, I, I have to work with AWS, then the, yeah. journey, the, the struggle will continue, but I figured it out. I figured it out for my Great SQL. Point. I still haven't figured out the SQL server and I'm moving on uh, because mm -hmm. I, I did an ETL process and I'm happy. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm paying, I'm paying, I'm paying for server space with AWS to do this proof of concept. I'm going to delete that, that, that virtual space and say, if I have to do this in my regular job, my company will pay for it. And I won't have to pay, you know, I don't know, $10 a month to try to make this work, but, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad I know how to do it. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Good, good. I was going to pull up yeah. some, another thing here. Um, 
that I like yep. to use uh, that makes okay. that stuff easy. Um, and this is strictly for just, you know, database type of stuff. Um, yep. And this is, uh, I don't know why it's, what's going on with this thing. Uh, sorry, I'm on my MacBook Air. It's, uh, it's an i5 processor. It's super slow. Um, mm. I don't know what's happening with this thing. I just bought a new uh, iMac. Should be coming in a month or so. Nice. Get the M1 chip. So that should be a fire. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like, I really, really, really enjoy, uh, data studio, Microsoft's data studio. Um, this mm. is cool. like, you can, you know, it's pretty easy to connect to a database here. Uh, you mm. can, right. Uh, you can even use the, the terminal. You can connect to Postgres through here as well. Uh, nice. here's, here's one I, I was connecting to a, uh, to a database in EC2 instance right here. All I had to do was provide, um, like, uh, what is going on? Why is it so damn slow? Yeah, let's just show you this way. Um, you just do the, uh, not the server group, add a connection. And you just type this in, right? You can say the type of connection is a SQL server, Postgres, the address mm-hmm. of the server, and then what type of authentication is it, username, password, uh, so on and so forth. That makes mm-hmm. it really cool. Uh, and what I like about Data Studio is that you can, you also can internally, natively have uh, Jupyter Notebooks in here as well. So let's just, mm. here's. Okay. It's not letting me connect to that EC2 thing. Um, oh, I, I got to connect to it. Great. Uh, let's just say here, right? Let's just say yep. I want this database here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can open up a notebook. Why is it so damn slow? Uh, what I was trying to show you here is that you can open up a Jupyter notebook pretty easily here, right? Mm. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, just create new notebook. Uh, and so you can write SQL queries in a notebook, which I found to be super, super helpful. Uh, you can also mm-hmm. have Python in here as well. Mm. Um, so you can natively write Python code to connect to that database and you are good to go. Um, is uh is that is that's so i don't have that yet so is that is it is it microsoft data studio or microsoft A- azure data studio but is there a community uh, version azure D- yeah it's completely free azure data it's studio. completely free yeah all right i'm on it i'm on it cool. i am so on it right on man well yeah all right I got, uh, wish me luck guys i got the i got i got a three three person interview with morgan stanley tomorrow you crush four, it, to man. Five, four to five three thirty you you, crush you know it, man. Yeah, also man. interviewed for Amazon, Apple, right? Uh, Microsoft. Uh, uh, Microsoft, Google, and now Morgan Stanley. There you go, man. That's what happens and when you go to data science dream job. You, you start landing. Yeah, bro. All day. <laughs> all, all, right, all, man. all day. All right, yeah, man. man. Thanks, care. guys. I uh, Yeah, thank you. Things are going great. Thanks, and and, and to Mark's point, um, like trying to make yourself, um, you know, you're in, in, making yourself learn something new. Uh, I can speak to experience like i knew i wasn't you know every time i see something come up from for for dsdj something's happening coming with you or anyone else it's not the ideal time i just got in from a run earlier today and um, you know i could have just gone and run run the rest of my day but i make my try to make sure that i'm trying to learn something live uh in data science every day and then obviously i do my own coding stuff but um, I'm in I'm in Padawan mode. So anything I'm always list, listening and going on these office hours and picking up new stuff just because it all it all it's all things that come back to me later on. The next time I'm, I'll be coding probably in like 45 minutes and nice. something that we learn from this will, will, will be applicable. So right on, man. I love that. Yeah, bro. Thanks for coming by. Great questions. Uh, Mark, again, thank sure. you for coming by with your with your awesome insights as well. We'll go ahead and wrap it up, my friends. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, be sure to check out the podcast. I released an episode with Steve Nori, the one and only data science thunder from down under Steve Nori. Uh, next week, I got a episode releasing, uh, speaking to a philosopher about this uh, philosophy of sentient 
Satanism, sentientism, whatever, I can't pronounce it right now. Uh, and then the following week, June 25th, talking to the one and only Kenji. So that should be an awesome episode as well. Uh, you guys take care. Have a good ref- rest of the afternoon. Remember, you've got one life on this planet. Why not try to do something big? Cheers, everyone.